Hello and welcome to the podcast where we shine a light on the complexities and challenges surrounding the importance of human behaviour on cybersecurity and compliance. That's right, we're talking about people being at the centre of information security and data protection and the challenges of engaging users to create change in their behaviour. This is Beyond the Firewall. It seems to me that there's an awareness month for just about everything these days. For example, did you know that January is Walk Your Dog Month? March apparently is National Bed Month. And September, well, what do you know? It's been named Sourdough Awareness Month. Well, to our topic today, October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Now, question is, do you only sleep in March? Hmm? Do you take your dog for a walk only when it's January? Of course not. And I think we should all be perfectly aware that sourdough is all year round, not just for September. And the same is true for cybersecurity, of course, because it's great to have an annual awareness month to bring it into focus. But question today is, how do you make sure that your cyber safety messages click and stick in your workplace throughout the year? Well, joining me to share some Cybersecurity Awareness Month best practices is our man for all seasons, Better Compliance CEO and author of Cybersecurity for Dummies, Robbie O'Brien. There was a time, David, in my life where October was the month of Oktoberfest, the beer festival in Germany. But as you get older, you have to leave things like that behind. So not Oktoberfest today. Cybersecurity Month. That's what we're here to talk about. I'll let you into a secret. October is my birthday. So every October is a kind of Oktoberfest and, and beer fest <laughs> in the McClelland household. But more about that later on, maybe. Because joining us today, we have a special guest. In fact, for the first time, I think, on the show, a returning guest. It is author, instructor and security culture awareness and training manager at Indeed. It's Lauren Zink. Hello, Lauren. Hello. Thanks for having me back. I really look forward to this discussion today. And today I learned about Sourdough Awareness Month. So yeah. September. <laughs> who knew? So for those amazing people who are maybe w working their way through our, our back catalogue of shows, would you care to remind anyone who wasn't there the last time you joined us what it is you do it indeed? Yeah. So I am there to kind of develop their culture awareness and training programs. So make sure that we have things in place to cover training, communications, awareness, security ambassadors and champions and, you know, fishing simulations. So really well-rounded, holistic security awareness program that's there for the people and for the betterment of the company. Fighting the good fight, I'm sure we, we would all agree. Well, thanks again for joining us. Robbie, I'll come to you first, though. Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Why do we need one? And, you know, do, do you think it's a good idea? So I think just like in our private lives, each of us has our attention taken by different types of medium, social media, blogs, application, even newspapers nowadays. And I think Cybersecurity Awareness Month helps amplify your key messages across all these mediums. So it's sort of the layering of the totality of what everybody else is doing actually allows you to piggyback on a lot of things that are happening. Yeah, people just take a bit more notice, which I think... Mm -hmm is one of the keys to culture change, getting people's attention. Yeah, but I guess the challenge is that we are trying to get their attention all the way through the year. And, you know, this this sense of fatigue in what, you know, whether it's something on the news, whether it's a campaign, any, any kind of campaign, 
it's trying to get that cut through whatever time of year it is. So is there the danger of an awareness month, kind of that it's already falling on fatigued ears who are sick to the hind teeth of hearing about it? And, and how, how, I guess, do you cut through that just in the month alone, let alone the rest of the year? As you know, this is a favourite subject of mine. So I'm a great believer in the other things that help people understand what is required of them. So you definitely have a a role for technology. But I think that you have one month where you're free to explore other things. And and there's a lot of other non-technological activities that you can jump on and also get the rest of the body politic within your organization to take notice. You know, the fear of missing out on something that other organizations are doing sort of drives a level of of participation. But I think that you you do have fatigue throughout the year and and particularly coming up to Christmas. I think Cybersecurity Awareness Month happens really before the really difficult time of of the various holidays that you have coming up to Christmas, the big commercial activity of people buying and sales and sending presents. So there's a lot of digital commerce that goes on, which cyber criminals really leverage off. I think that it's one of those things that you can easily discount, but it's clearly the more you put in it, the more you get out. People who see it as a technological challenge can actually see that there's executives getting involved in putting forward the, the key messages, that there's competitions, there's posters, there's non-physical activities mm. that I think just switch it up and give you that extra boost to take you through the winter months. It's a really good point you make there, given that November, December, the, that holiday season is so rich with people buying things online. Cyber criminals, of course, that they will know that and will do their best to exploit that. So actually timing Cybersecurity Awareness Month just before that could be a, a kind of stroke of genius. Lauren, what have you got lined up? I'm presuming you have, otherwise this could be a really short part of the show. (laughs) What have you got lined up around Cybersecurity Awareness Month this year? Yeah, no, I think you kind of alluded to this. Pulling in various groups within the organization is huge. And I really like that FOMO reference that you made. And I may I may use that with my own, my own teams outside of security to get them involved. But I think pulling in groups like privacy or, you know, even HR, a lot of times they have things that they're doing from an employee engagement perspective that they want to kind of get on board. Allowing them to have a voice in that, I think, is huge. So when they feel like they can participate, they feel empowered. You'll also tend to get those groups to want to participate participate more if they see people within their groups there. So that's a huge thing that we like to leverage. Additionally, leveraging external speakers I found is pretty big in terms of getting additional participation. So we are the people that are constantly throughout the year, I don't want to say preaching to them, but communicating to them and creating awareness to them. So they're used to seeing our face and hearing our voices. So sometimes it's nice during that month of October to leverage external resources. So like here in the States, a lot of times we'll ask, you know, representatives from the FBI to come and speak, or even if you have vendors that you use, leveraging those vendors and saying, hey, you know, we leverage you for phishing simulation programs. Can you have someone come in and speak? Because just like with kids, when you're the adult and you're the parent and you're constantly telling them you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this. And then a teacher comes in and tells them that and all of a sudden it clicks. It's kind of that same mentality. I can say it to them over and over again, but sometimes hearing it from a different person, an outside perspective, it tends to be a little bit more impactful. So I'm really big on 
leveraging your internal subject matter experts 100%, but -hmm. also look at what you can do externally to get the mess into your culture a little differently. And in terms of, you know, we're talking about October being the awareness month for cybersecurity, but you're planning I'm sure starts much earlier on in the year if you are to try and uh, create all of these activations with external speakers during October. Your planning maybe begins November or or not long after that for for the following October. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think one of the big things that I like to do is make sure that we survey or poll our audience from that year to find out what did they find were the most beneficial kind of things that we did for Security Awareness Month. How could we do them differently? Are there different topics that we didn't cover that you want us to see cover? Leverage that information, not only for next year's Cyber Awareness Month, but also throughout the year. So if there's you know topics that we didn't see covered and maybe they're like, this, this one, I mean, this was life-changing. How can we continue to piggyback off of that throughout the year in different awareness campaigns or even do targeted communications or targeted training around those topics for different groups? I think that that's huge as well. And Robbie, I think that's a really, really good point. Polling your audience, making sure that you're getting their feedback as Lauren is. They're telling you what they want to hear, what's engaged them, what matters to them. That's a cracking way of getting that engagement that I know, well, you, everyone's so keen to try and get. Definitely. And you get both sides, you get the negative, you get feedback where clearly it's it's irking your audience. I always find that that's is some of the most valuable um, information. And then you also find that people are saying, giving you directions like, you know, yeah, we know about this, but you should tell us more about that. So that that sort of intel guides you in planning out your following year, you know, because when you do get to the end of the year, it's critical to give a, a brand new refresh on the risks and the challenges, which don't massively change from year to year, but you just have to find new ways of coming at them. So any feedback is free feedback. And I just want to make one point on Cybersecurity Month. The other reason why it's good to piggyback on Cybersecurity Month is that it's cheap. It's one of the cheapest ways to actually um, expand an awareness campaign. If you were trying to do it yourself, it would cost an outrageous amount of money to get that level of bounce. So again, I think I love Lauren's idea of bringing in different types of speakers. You'll get people more interested in doing it for that awareness month because it's it's sort of going to get maximum amplification for their messaging as well. And Lauren, something else that you mentioned in there was about kind of tag teaming almost with other groups. You know, you you mentioned HR and almost branding it not just a cybersecurity month, but making it a security month. Just tell us how that works and, and how that helps. Yeah. So one of the things I like to look at is not just focusing necessarily on cybersecurity, but also physical security. Obviously, we had a few years there where a lot of people weren't in the office. People are starting to go back into that office atmosphere. And so we may have forgotten some of the things when it comes to that physical security aspect, badging into your offices, not not allowing tailgating. So I think now is a really great time to pull them into that Cyber Awareness Month. And we typically try to brand it more just security month, Mm -hmm. still leveraging some of those free resources 
out there um, that are branded Cybersecurity Awareness Month. But on top of physical security, like I said, you've got HR, you've got legal, you've got the benefits team. We try to bring in IT, engineering, any team that wants to have a voice in there. We're, I mean, we're not going to turn them away. We're going to try and see how we can marry it with what we're already doing. But I think that that's very beneficial for all aspects of the organization to see us kind of working together. That's so interesting and and so potentially important, I think. And and Robbie, you'll know we've spoken about things like reciprocity and building bridges on the show here before and about the different ways in which a cybersecurity team might, in not so great cultures, in not so great environments, feel very siloed from the rest of the organisation. But as Lauren says, they're using this month as just one of the ways of building those connections within those other departments that, at the end of the day, all, all pulling in the same direction is a really great opportunity. It's a great opportunity because the larger the organisation, the more that you have these key messages fighting for attention. So, you might have an IT project that is that is being uh, pushed. You will typically have a big digital transformation project that is being pushed. And if you accept that there is a level or a high degree, depending on the project, of, of security and data protection that, that goes through all these projects, that's the reason why you can bring the two of them together. And then under the guise of cybersecurity, the digital transformation project can get another of the latest technology rollout refresh project can get another lift. I think the reciprocity situation allows you then when they have their particular month or whatever launch that, that they have within your organization, that they might bring you along and, and at another time of the year, you get another term. I wonder which month Digital Transformation Awareness Month is. I'll, I'll look that one up after the show. I'm sure there must be one, though. I think Digital Transformation is not just for Christmas. Um, <laughs> it's forever. Blimey, and Riley. another thing to piggyback off of that, too, is if you don't have a large team. You know, I've been at organizations where it's been just me, or I've been at organizations where I have a team of, you know, six people that are helping set up the Cyber Awareness Month. If it's just you, leverage those other teams. A lot of times people want to get involved if you don't have a champions or ambassadors program, but let's say HR wants to be able to get involved and do something, say, okay, that's great, but how else can you also volunteer to help make this the best kind of event that we can do? I think that's really big for some of the smaller companies that just don't have the bandwidth that some of the bigger companies do. And utilizing those free resources that are out there too. There's a lot of stuff that's out there. So you don't need to recreate the wheel. If you don't have the time or the money or the budget or the capability to do it yourself, find what's out there and leverage that. There's a lot of really great stuff. So Lauren, clearly your cybersecurity awareness month planned throughout the year, good coordination between different departments within Indeed. And it looks like a nice busy month in October. Robbie, Meta Compliance's whole business is cybersecurity awareness. So what is it that you do during Cybersecurity Awareness Month? Is it just another normal month or is there anything different that you guys do there? So I think we try and practice what we preach. And so coming up to the actual month, we spend a lot of time on the non-digital things. So creating physical posters, giveaways, actually trying to write more guides as to how to engage with your users and, and maximize the opportunity that that's afforded. So we, we come to our customers with a pack. So we try and prime pump that opportunity for them by basically packaging up a raft of things that they can rebrand, edit and, and use for themselves. Because I think going back to the point that Laura made, it's not just small organizations that 
don't have big teams. Even bigger organizations don't have big teams. And so I think it's fantastic that you can leverage off these resources that vendors put forward. What comes to mind is Emmys I saw on Facebook last week, which is, it has two jars. One of it is, is stuffed with, with money, one jar, and then the other jar is like little pennies in it. And the first jar is the amount of money we spend on physical security and, and, and technology. And the other jar is the amount of money we spend on, on human security. And I actually was greatly amused by this because if you single out what is the biggest, in a, a lot of people's opinion, what the biggest cyber threat then it's social engineering. Well, if you just take that word social engineering and, and substitute the word people, then, then you have it. And so mm-hmm. I think, again, all, all these is about a, a, an evolution towards encompassing people and recognizing the huge difficulties that ordinary people have in, in, in trying to consume this stuff. But of course, a lot of these threats, people engineering, to use your phrase there, Robbie, uh, don't just take place in and around October. Now, we've spoken about the planning, priming the pump there, all of the all the planning, Lauren, that you go through and getting feedback to make sure that you've got a great focus during October for Cybersecurity Awareness Month. But Lauren, what else can you set up to keep that drumbeat going, if you like, all the way from the 31st of October when we flip over into November? What, what are the tactics that you've got to try and keep that momentum that you've gained in the month all the way through the following 11? Yeah, sure. So I think, you know, that was already kind of mentioned that the timing of Security Awareness Month in October is, I think, really crucial because you have then November, December to take some of that information that you've gotten from the participants. And even from the people that didn't participate, it's a good thing to also send the surveys and polls to them to know why were they not able to participate? Why didn't, did they not want to participate? Was the timing off? Did we not make the meetings at the, you know, crucial times that they could attend? Did they not get buy-in from their managers? Take all that information. And if you can't do that just in that month, figure out times that align for them that would work throughout the year. Or, okay, you were interested in the segment, but you couldn't attend because you had an all-team meeting. So can we come to your meeting at some point during the year and speak on this on behalf of you? And I think that that's really important. So you can take that information in November and December and use it to plan for your entire year. Look at those different themes that people really enjoyed or the themes that you saw were missing and do things like quarterly campaign. So a big push, you don't have to do, you know, one time a year, but let's say on a quarterly basis, this quarter, we're focusing on social engineering. We're going to do everything that we can in this quarter around social engineering, whether it's posters, screensavers, and all, you know, all hands meeting, we're going to make sure that we plug into the town halls that the teams are doing. And that theme is for that entire quarter. Second quarter, we're going to focus on maybe privacy because that was a big area during cybersecurity awareness month. Mm -hmm. So we're not losing that momentum. But I think we're just amplifying what we did in October month during the entire year and spreading it out and giving different opportunities for different learners and different groups to be able to participate throughout the year as well. And in terms of incentivization, in terms of gamification and so on, do do you engage in any of those tactics to try and get people to, I guess, follow some of their human instincts that, that we have around gamification and so on? Do you dangle any of those carrots? 
Yeah. So I think when we have people that participate in Cyber Awareness Month, one of the easiest things to do is enter them into kind of a raffle. If you've come to so many events, your name gets entered in for, you know, store points for your internal store, for gift cards or for prizes, whatever it is that works for the culture of your company, you know, it varies depending on where you're at. But even just recognizing like, 90% of the finance team participated in Cyber Awareness Month on your, you know, Mm. internal website. That's, you know, hugely impactful. Or if you have a newsletter putting all the names, even though depending on how large your company is, that could be a lot of names, but just a a simple call out. Or if you have a, you know, a Slack channel or a Teams channel saying thank you to and putting their names in there so that they get a call out. I think that's great for those individuals. I think it's great for those groups. I think it's great for their managers to see that they're participating at those different things as well. And then throughout the year, there's various things that you can do, whether it's like an individual security scorecard where you're looking at various aspects of your program and aligning it to let them know, you know, are they kind of red, green, or yellow? I think that gamification is an area that we hear pluses and minuses of, and it's it varies depending on the individual, depending on the group of how good it's going to do. So I think you have to look at your culture and your people and see what's the best for that. Robbie, what's your take on that kind of positive reporting and gamification to drive engagement? I think Lauren's absolutely right. It depends on the organization. I've seen situations where sort of a list of shame has actually resulted in huge increases in security awareness. Mm. However, I think it's one of those things that doesn't have impact over time. People become numb to it. And I think much more powerful is where you can actually have a list of people who are succeeding. And as we've been saying, you're, you're rewarding good behavior. For me, I think every part of the business and cybersecurity is no different, requires key metrics. There's a lot of focus on failure, a lot of focus on how many people have click through your simulated phishing campaigns, you know, your repeat offenders is one of the phrases you, but for me, that that's a secondary uh, issue because there is no such thing as perfection. No one will send out a simulated fish. If you send out something that is impossible to detect, then you'll increase your number of people that will get caught in, in that loop. But the standard ones that go out, you'll always have new somebody who is having a bad day or someone new to the organization. So you always have that and you typically know who those people are. For me, the most important metric within cybersecurity awareness is participation. And again, the cost to get 100% adoption, to get all of your people to do all of your training, to take all of your, is exhausting and impossible in my opinion. So the key is to increase that participation, uh, that adoption of, of, of your campaigns over time. And it is definitely easier if you're going for engagement, if you're going for a campaign that is multifaceted, is physical, is part social and also technological. And it's like a almost a marketing campaign. You need different channels, routes to market, routes to the, that mind share that you're after. And you, you use everything that, that you can at different times. So you definitely will find there are some people who, who love puzzles and let them knock themselves out. There are people that don't like puzzles and actually get frustrated that they can't get to the work because you're, you're holding them back. Again, that profiling of, of, of your user base, even if you were to get it to two or three sort of the groupings, and I, and I don't mean finance, technical, intermediate or, 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 or entry level, I'm just, I'm, I'm talking about who, who likes what or have some possibility of people taking a choice you definitely get increases in participation and and that is progress. But on that point then in that case, 
do you find that a technical audience, perhaps those who are dealing with tech, maybe de dealing with cybersecurity issues on, on a daily basis, they require, they respond better to a different type of training to a non-technical audience, those who work in an admin function or in finance or something. How do you tend to provide content that works for an audience that maybe thinks they already know it all? You definitely have major pushback if you give your audience either the wrong level, it's too technical, or that they see that it's it's trivial or below them. I've, I've managed a lot of SOC teams, I've managed uh, development teams, and they tend to be very skeptical. They tend to be nerdy in, in their outlook. So if you can provide content that actually is resonating against their culture and, and their reference points, you definitely will get much more buy-in. If you take that technical triangle with privileged users at the top and you can walk all the way down with the dip. Mm. I mean, if you were to focus on that group and focus on your finance group, you reduce the overall risk quite substantially because those are the two major groups that the hackers are going after. So rather than blanket bombing everybody with the same old pop and vanilla type stuff, if you were to be more selective and go for higher levels of engagement there, it will result in a, in a, in a much more resilient environment, no doubt about it. Lauren, we spoke earlier about how you plan the content for your Cybersecurity Awareness Month and how that spins out into the rest of the year then. Is there anything that, that you have up your sleeve to try and tailor the content for that techie audience who maybe feels as though they are across a lot of the messaging that you are trying to share versus the maybe less tech-savvy audience? Yeah, so we actually at various organizations I've been at, again, depending on the culture, we've either focused solely on more of the non-technical aspects or we've really focused just on the technical aspects. But I really like having kind of a hybrid approach during mm -hmm. uh, Security Awareness Month where we actually have tracks or pathways. So we will label this is kind of the more technical track or pathway. This is more of the non-technical track or pathway. I think that both of them can be applicable to anyone. So we make them open to anyone. We just want to make sure that we'll, we're labeling them appropriately. And one of the things I've also discovered in various organizations I've been at is for more of that technical pathway, you have a lot of people within the organization that are eager and hungry to want to speak in that pathway. Mm. So let those people have a voice. This is their chance. And they have a lot of really great content to share. So it's kind of like a train the trainer within the organization. And they know your organization, your environment, your technologies, and your people the best. Allow them to have that time to kind of shine. And if they want to participate, give them an opportunity and set it up for them so that it's successful. And in terms of giving people time to shine as a, a way of engaging people throughout the organisation, do you find that appointing, engaging, motivating, like cyber champions, ambassadors, people who don't necessarily work directly within your team, but mm -hmm. you've got close links with and maybe work in other departments, do you find that they can be quite helpful getting those on board? Oh, absolutely. Yes. And it's just another way to amplify your message. So not only can you get them to help you get participants for Security Awareness Month, but you can also get them to be able to get your message out and say, hey, this track is really important. I think that this is applicable to our group. So I'm an, I'm an ambassador. I'm in HR. I'm going to go back to the HR organization and say, I think of all, if you can't attend anything, attend this one session. So if mm -hmm. I can get them to really focus in on a certain session that applies to that group, that's how you can leverage those ambassadors to create 
content that goes out as well as in. And that's something that I like to use, not just during Security Awareness Month, but throughout the year. Those ambassadors are huge points of contact for you to be able to leverage, to get your messaging out, but to also be your eyes and ears to bring that back into you and say, this is where we should focus our efforts for these high-risk groups. And like Robbie already said, focusing on those high-risk groups, you can cut down on the amount of interaction and the amount of risk in your company substantially just by focusing on certain groups. Continuing that engagement incentivization theme. How about certifications? I mean, I know this isn't necessarily just a a cybersecurity awareness month thing, but certifications in general, people like a little certificate or a little badge or, or something that helps them to feel and demonstrate that they're on track with something. There are lots of technical certifications as, as well we know. Are there any that are along the lines of what we're talking about in terms of cybersecurity awareness for for general users. Robbie, have you come across anything that you might think is is kind of useful and beneficial? And even if there isn't one, something that you can set up as a kind of internal certification? I think that there is a movement at the minute to have like a a driving license, so to speak. Mm. But it tends to be very organizationally specific. I think that's probably right because it's relatively easy to train people in the easily understood things like spear phishing or, or phishing in general. The more that you can make it about your brand, the more that you can make it about a level of achievement within your organization. So, you know, at this organization, you can't get access to this particular set of privileges unless you have achieved this level of certification within mm-hmm. cybersecurity. And it doesn't have to be much. You can have multiple like micro levels of achievement. I think it starts setting into people's mind this type of thought process that we we have for other things, everything from driving automobiles to driving a forklift truck. You wouldn't be expected to have this piece of technology and not have some sort of training. So I think it aligns with, with custom and practice within our society. But it's a what's in it for me. Well, what's in it for you is, is this level of certification that you can take to your next role, so to speak. Um, if the certification then can be linked through to a talent management system, uh, linked through to LinkedIn, LinkedIn badges. Yeah. So it actually is something that is a level of continuous professional development. And if you look at it, it'll go into different areas because a lot of people don't necessarily want to become cybersecurity specialists, you know, CISSP. They don't need cybersecurity certifications, but there is levels of, of knowledge that you need for different types of role, be it DevOps, be it security operations center, be it marketing. I mean, if you take marketing, for example, we've had a number of customers where this has happened where hackers are targeting social media feeds. And basically, immediately having this enormous incident, so I think it was maybe a month ago in the UK, the the British Army lost control of their Twitter feed. I mean, it probably was because somebody in marketing was using the same password as they used for Facebook, right? And somebody got in, but as a a, a level of disaster, it's, it's epic. Now, there probably wasn't any scam perpetrated or money came across, but... That marketing department basically lost enormous reputational kudos within their organization from there on in. And, and I would imagine some people's careers were damaged. So within different areas, there probably is different emphasis and different um, nuances within that organization that, that actually can lead to a certificate for marketing cybersecurity within this organization. And I think that's where we're headed. 
where, you know, just training for training's sake just isn't going to cut it in the future. Lauren, any take on on driving licenses in the various organizations that you've worked in or or helped set up? Uh, Not necessarily licenses. I mean, we do try to make sure that if there is something that they're doing, if we can give them some sort of I know he kind of mentioned this digital badge that they can put in their email signature, or even if you're using Teams or Slack, there's a lot of times that they can, you know, instead of their image, they can have, you know, I've been trained in cybersecurity or something that aligns with your culture and your brand. I think that's really largely impactful. Where I can see where it maybe wouldn't align across organizations is if you're jumping from, let's say, like a fintech organization to an HR organization that may be very different, the kind of training that they would need to be trained up on. So Mm. I'm not sure how you would get around that. And that's where we see, we focus on a lot of like new hires is how can we understand what their background knowledge is from a security perspective, because that's vastly different than the people that have been there at our organization for a year. And we know what they've gotten within that year. So if we're doing anything, we like to kind of pull out those individuals that are new hires and say, you know, what are we looking at from a metrics perspective just for these these new hires and how can we get them up to speed with the people that have been here for a while? So that's kind of where I see it from our organization perspective. Those new hires are one of your other big high-risk groups, Lauren. Yeah. They? And I think, you know, recognizing that and then having like an induction process that maybe takes a year, but through that year, you know that at the end, you, you basically have got them all caught up I think it's also really key that that you profile them when they come in the door with the surveys to find out where exactly do they sit. Yes. Yeah. That baseline knowledge is crucial because they could have come from an organization where they know a lot more than what we've even been been able to do in our organization. And obviously, I think it's role dependent and there's a lot that goes into that. But that those new hires are a big group that we like to focus on throughout the year. Gosh, that's a really interesting thing. You know, we, we, we talk about recruitment and goodness knows over the years, people have asked me about tips. We you know, well, how do I get that job? How do I, how do I make this career change? How do I interview well for this job? And it might well be the case that somewhere in the, in that interview process, there is an assessment going on as to how cyber aware you are as a member, a potential member of the workforce and whether you're going to be introducing any additional risk by being a, an easy target or, or a weak link in the human workforce chain. I'd never thought of it like that before, but you know, talking about it like this, it seems very obvious and potentially very real. The big focus at the minute is in vendors. So you, you, you're looking at your supply chain and going, where, where can I introduce risk for my supply chain? But your supply chain is really groups of people. So, like, to go beyond this organization, you then have to go to the actual people in the organization and say, what sort of, how is that profiled across different risk bandings? I just think it's inevitable as governments particularly are pushing more and more focus on good practice cybersecurity and ways to face up what you've achieved and to separate people who have a laissez-faire attitude to people who are trying really, really hard. It'll end up with individuals and particularly those individuals in high-risk areas. Really great discussion so far today on what Cybersecurity Month is, Cybersecurity Awareness Month is, why it matters and the various things that you can do to A, make the most of the month, but also to make the most of the opportunity and make those messages stick and carry on sticking for the rest of the year. I guess 
a kind of quick fire round of questions as we start to wrap up. For anyone tuning in who might be wanting to make the most of the month, are there any other key messages, key ideas or areas to kind of pick into to help them make the most of this opportunity? Lauren, what have we got? Quick fire tips and ideas to think about. Yeah, like I said, leverage the technologies that you have. Get creative with things. I think something that we've really had to pivot on within the last two years is people not being in the office. So you have to do a lot of things virtually that you weren't doing before. And you've got to get creative and think of things that you can do if it's via Slack, Teams, getting on Zoom calls and doing even just fun events that maybe aren't security focused, but you could do like a karaoke event or you could do like a book reading where you're bringing in kids. I think that there's a lot of ways to get engagement beyond that because if you can just get them in the room, the virtual room, and have something on there where it says, you know, this is brought to you by the, the security team. This is how you contact us. If you have an incident right there, that's impactful enough that the rest of the stuff, you're just, you just need people in the room and paying attention. So think outside the box is, I would say, my big takeaway. Think outside of PowerPoint presentations. I Absolutely. love the idea of karaoke, actually. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of some songs that kind of maybe if you, you can take some lyrics and say that there's a cybersecurity angle. Find yeah. your favourite cybersecurity related song. Name that soon. Yeah, you oh, could do yeah, name that soon. I'll have a think about that. Robbie, I can see your brains are wearing there. What, what else have you got for us in terms of themes or ideas to think about to make your cybersecurity awareness month? Awareness? It's a bit of a mouthful to say, isn't it? it cybersecurity is. awareness month, a real hit with your workforce. What have you got for us? We all have budgets to spend on, on trying to defend ourselves and help our, our own organisation stay safe online. But I think one of the best things that you can spend your budget on is on, on Merck on giveaways uh, people just love that t-shirts and scarves and headbands and I, i've seen a lot of large organizations implement the mascot situation where they they, they have a some sort of like a shark or, or a fish or the teddy bear or whatever but it gives an opportunity to have these giveaways that are furry toys and that does make it last beyond the october timeline where it's sitting on people's desk be it a mug or whatever and if it isn't a general, you know, giveaway to increase awareness of the month, then it is presents or, or prizes for those people that have achieved, you know, best practice within your organization. And then you have the opportunity to run a PR campaign internally where you're basically having the everybody smiling, getting a handshake and getting whatever it is they're being given. But I think that there is an awful lot of resource out there. The key is not doing it on the first week of October. <laughs> You've missed the boat. I find that's the difference. And um, if you do get ahead of it after people come back from summer holidays and, and start really ramping it up, you have some stuff from that you re reuse from the general market, and then you have some specific stuff for your organization. Uh, you'll really make a big dent. Good stuff. Well, listen, thank you very much indeed for, for sharing those tips, tricks, social engineering hacks even, but in the right sense, to help us make the most of this month. Lauren, we are out of time, but I would love for you to share where people can find out more about what you get up to in the cyber awareness space. How can people catch up with you, Lauren? Yeah, I post a lot of my content or what I'm working on or even what I'm thinking through in terms of the human element side of things on my LinkedIn page. So if they want to follow me there, I'm also on Twitter, a lot more active on LinkedIn, but that's where you can find me and see what I'm up to. Good stuff. And Robbie, I'm sure your cybersecurity for dummies book makes a great read, not only in October, but at any time of the year. How can people get hold of it? 
Well, David, it's free to download on the MetaCompliance website, along with other really useful templates, posters, and tools, all to make the life of a cybersecurity training administrator so much easier. And so that's where people can pick up from me. Amen to that. Uh, Listen, thank you very much indeed for joining us today, Lauren. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. And Robbie, thanks again for joining us. A pleasure. Thanks again. And we look forward to seeing you all next time. But for now, bye-bye.